You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. As Democrats be empowering the Republicans. President Trump was sent here to smash conventional norms. I would rather see a congressional solution. It's part of my DNA. This is Bloomberg Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. Mnuchin and Schumer to the rescue. They're pushing the Republicans to expand stimulus in their Hill Talks. We'll take you all of the latest will give you, rather, all of the latest on the economic front, especially as helicopter cash now gaining traction. Nearly $1,200 for qualifying Americans and more than two grand for families. The latest on the economic relief that the administration and Democrats says is very much on its way as early as the next 10 days. The Federal Reserve expanding emergency programs to include muni funds after another route. The S&P 500 fell 15 percent in the biggest weekly drop since October of 2008. Meanwhile, the president saying that federal aid will last until the economy recovers And some lawmakers on both sides of the aisle found themselves wrapped up in questions pertaining to whether or not they traded off of intelligence briefings on the coronavirus. I spoke with one of those senators, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you what she had to tell me on Bloomberg Television. My guest with me for the A Block, Jordan Fabian, who is my colleague at Bloomberg. He's Bloomberg News White House reporter. Jordan, are you there? Hi, Kevin. How are you? You know, we're hanging in. It's Friday, my friend. We made it through the end of the week. And Jordan, I want to congratulate you as well as our colleagues and our colleagues across the industry for an amazing week of coverage today or today as well throughout the week as we've all tried to deliver the news. What is the latest in terms of the economic stimulus? What is Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin saying? And what is the and what are Democrats saying on the Hill about when people are finally going to get some economic relief? Yeah, well, let's take a step back real quick, Kevin. So the Senate Republicans yesterday put out their proposal, but uh, Treasury Secretary Mnuchin uh, went to Capitol Hill today and said that it's not enough, and he's pushing the Senate Republicans to expand that package, expand direct aid to Americans, something that Senate Republicans like Leader Chuck Schumer and and Democrats in the House have been pushing for. So uh, we'll see how that complicates the process here, because Mitch McConnell, the Senate Republican leader, says he wants a deal by the end of today and a vote by Monday. I think that Senate Republicans took a look at what the markets did this week, and they know that they need to have something ready to go uh, by Monday uh, to really calm 
or try to calm the market. So um, right now, the path forward is unclear, but those are the dynamics right now up on the so, hill. So, okay, so if you're so the bottom line is that a vote could come Monday evening, correct? That's what they're aiming for. Yes, uh, a vote could come sometime uh, on Monday. That's what uh, Senate leaders have, are aiming for, and uh, and so far we haven't heard that it's going to be delayed off of that. But they're still working through the fine point. Okay, so how, who gets the money? It's about twelve hundred dollars per person on, uh, for a certain threshold. What do we know about who's going to get money? Because. We're going to talk about the markets coming up, but I think most people right now in the country care less about the markets and more about putting food on the table. So when can they get money in their bank accounts? Well, that's uh, yeah, that's what they're trying to work through right now. Um, you know, the, right now, those um, that those checks are aimed at middle income individuals. Um, they they uh, there are some people like in the in the House and in the Senate who want to expand that uh, definition to make sure that more people are getting the checks and that uh, more of the aid is directed toward um, those middle income and lower income people. Because right now, you know, uh, the Senate proposal puts forward about $208 billion worth of loan guarantees uh, to companies uh, that are suffering from this coronavirus outbreak. Uh, but the Democrats are arguing more of that money should be directed directly toward individuals. Jordan Fabian's on the line. He is Bloomberg's White House reporter. He's talking about the economic stimulus potentially for uh, middle and low income Americans and when exactly those checks are going to be deposited. Originally, they have been circulating in the first week of April as uh, as well as uh, mid-May, another second round. The president saying earlier today that the economic stimulus will happen as long as the effects of the coronavirus continue. Uh, Jordan, it, this is just one of the tools that, the, that lawmakers and policymakers are utilizing. It's not just helicopter cash. They also have the ability to incentivize small businesses to not make layoffs, to not do layoffs. Talk to me a little bit about the other tools in the arsenal. Yeah, that's right. And, and that's, what, um, that's what some of the discussions are about these loans, right, that you have that come with conditions. So like you mentioned, they're, they're going to try to incentivize those small businesses not to lay off their employees. If you're talking about the airlines, you know, they're going to try to infuse the airlines with about 50 uh, to $58 billion uh, worth of loans if you're accounting the cargo carriers with the condition that, you know, they still fly certain routes, that uh, maybe the federal government could even take an equity stake in some of those companies in order to recoup gains for the taxpayer later on once the economy recovers. So uh, th- there's some strength attached here. And, and uh, you know, the companies will uh, we'll go into that with eyes open when they, if they take the loans, if these loans get passed the law. Jordan, what you just said is so incredibly important. Folks, I, I mean, it, it bears repeating that this is different than 2008. This is bailouts with strings attached, okay? That the fact, and there is precedent for this, look no further than 2008 for Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac when the government entered into a so-called conservatorship as it relates to this. So, they're, they're saying that these bailouts are going to say, hey, you know what? No CEO additional pay increases if you're about to take taxpayers' money. Am I hearing this correctly, Jordan? Yeah, that's right. There's a cap on executive compensation. So uh, they set the level so that those uh, those top executives can't increase their pay over a certain amount uh, compared to last year. But one thing that the president really wants, and one thing that you know I'm hearing from some of his uh, supporters 
uh, outside of the White House is that they don't they want restrictions on stock buybacks of these companies. They don't want these companies just to take the loans and then later use the proceeds to do stock buybacks. You know, the president has talked about that twice now at White House news conferences, saying he was he was angry that uh, some of the companies that got tax relief from his 2017 tax cut bill just used them for stock buybacks and dividends. And he doesn't want that to happen this time around. He wants that money uh, to be put back into the economy and to help uh, you know these companies hire and keep workers and, and produce goods. So uh, we'll see if that uh, that gets into the law somehow, because right now there's no provision that would prevent those buybacks in the Senate legislation. Jordan, great stuff, great reporting. We've got a minute left, but I want you to tell me something good that happened today. What's something good that happened today? Well, I walked my dog, Kevin. That's pretty good, right? You know what? That is good, man. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. know what? That's a great thing. I mean, I, I – I've heard so much stuff about how grateful people are for having pets. And you know what? I, that That's good enough for me, Jordan, after a week like this. Hey, great job. Get some rest this weekend. Keep socially distant, everybody. I'm Kevin Cirilli. That was Jordan Fabian, Bloomberg News White House reporter, my good friend, and, of course, colleague. You can download the Bloomberg Sound on podcast on Apple iTunes and Bloomberg.com or by downloading the Bloomberg Business app. You can also find me on Radio.com, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Walk your dogs. Walk your dogs, go outside, get some fresh air, be socially distant, be mindful, but walk your dog, be grateful. I'm Kevin Cirilli. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. You're listening to Bloomberg Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio. My guest with me on the line, Ed Stringham. He is the president of the American Institute for Economic Research and a professor of economic organizations and innovation at Trinity College. Ed, how are you? How's your family? You guys doing okay? All right. Great. Thank you. Nice Our- to chat. All right. So, Ed, the markets took a tumble again today. This, as the S&P 500 fell 15 percent, man, fell 15 percent in the biggest weekly drop since October 2008. When is this when is this downward trend going to end, Ed? Oh, it's been extremely worrying to me, and I certainly would not have predicted that it just keeps going and going and going down. And uh, I was earlier today saying, oh, okay, maybe we'll have another, uh, maybe a flat day, an up day. But, but it really reflects how damaging things are on the economy. And that includes, A, the uh, health ramifications of the coronavirus, but also, B, the policy ramification, when supply chains are so disrupted, when people cannot work, when businesses have to close, when uh, uh, workers don't even have a, a source of income, it's really, really gotten much worse than, than, than I predicted. Well, Ed, I mean, look, it's bad. I mean, and, and it's it's kind of paradoxical for me if I'm being completely transparent, to focus on the markets at a time in which every single American, whether you're in Delaware County, Pennsylvania, or you're in Des Moines, Iowa, 
is feeling the effects and the anxiety, the economic anxiety of what this shutdown means. The Dow had the worst week, the worst week since 2008. But is there any sign or what can Washington do? And not President Trump. I'm talking lawmakers in both parties. What can they do come Monday to provide to, to lessen just a pinch, just a smidge of the anxiety that Americans are feeling? What can be done by policymakers? Well, the Wall Street Journal had, I thought, a great uh, article from the editorial board today and, and talking about how some of the policies that uh, are so heavy-handed in some cases are actually potentially deadlier, as in physically deadlier, to humans than the disease itself. If we shut down the economy, people who need to be caring for their relatives, uh, don't have an income, they can't do that. People who uh, have children who are, are not well, they can't, they can't help them. And uh, businesses, if small businesses go broke and, and restaurant workers have no source of income, that this actually can be even, even deadlier for Americans or, or, or worldwide than the actual virus itself. So I think that we do need to be uh, a little bit wary about two factors. One, obviously, we want to stop the disease from spreading and making sure that the hospitals uh, don't get overrun. So the idea of mitigating the threat through the uh, flattening the curve idea. Uh, at the same time, doing it in a way that's not so draconian and harmful for all economic activity. And I can give you an example. The travel ban, in some abstract sense, could make sense if there was no coronavirus in the United States. Well, we need to keep the Chinese out. We need to keep the Europeans out because we don't want to get the coronavirus in the United States. Well, unfortunately, at this point, it's here. And a New Yorker can spread the coronavirus just as much as somebody from uh, Europe, China. And to say that, you know, we're going to continue this travel ban indefinitely or whatever, I don't even know what's on the table at this moment, that is counterproductive. Another counterproductive policy that Marco Rubio, Peter Navarro, and the president are pushing is, oh, let's now mandate that uh, medical supplies come from United States. Uh, a, I don't think that's a good idea. Wait, 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 wait. I got to interrupt you. Ed Stringham. Ed Stringham's on the line. And this this is a, this is a, I want to interrupt you because I want to set it up here. Ed Stringham is the president of the American Institute for Economic Research and a professor of economic organizations at, uh, and innovation at Trinity College. Ed, Ed, Ed. I, I, when I think of the supply chain and I think that the pharmaceuticals and the drugs and the medicines that many Americans are taking are so heavily reliant upon China and everything that's going on right now. You, you mean to tell me you think that the bipartisan approaches, Ed, from Marsha Blackburn, Marco Rubio, as well as Democrats like Mark Warner, as well as uh, Senator Menendez, a Democrat from New Jersey, you're, you mean to tell me that you don't think that's going to work? Why? We're, we're in a crisis. We need to have as much 
supplies as possible. We need to be ramping up American production of uh, masks, of respirators, and to start diverting that American manufacturing capacity away from crucial needs to uh, be buying inputs that we usually buy from Mexico or China or wherever. This is done at exactly the wrong moment. I don't think it's a good idea in general, but especially don't do this in the midst of the health crisis. All right, we got a minute left, but I want you to tell me something good. It's all doom and gloom these days. Give me one good thing that happened today that you noticed that gave you hope, that gave you optimism. Come on, Ed, give me something good. It's Friday. The, uh, the VIX uh, options, uh, measures of volatility were at near record highs this week, and they were, last I checked, had fallen from 80 to 60, which means traders are predicting there's going to be less volatility ahead. And so I do think that uh, uh, things are going to work out, even though uh, you know, I'm very alarmed in the short run. I think that things are going to work out. We'll get through this. Ed, I, I think that's a great note to end it on. You're right. The volatility index is so incredibly important. It's such a great predictor of where things are going. And the volatility index declined today from 80 to 60. So that's a very good sign. And that's a sign that we can all be hopeful for. Thank you to Ed Stringham, the president of the American Institute for Economic Research and professor at Trinity College. Coming up next, much more with Maddie Duffler and Congresswoman Judy Chu. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio, and you're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. You know success when you see it, or you think you do. The people in the spotlight, athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers, they're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. You're listening to Bloomberg Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. Happy Friday, folks. Stay positive. Stay positive. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio. Joining me on the telephone line is Congresswoman Judy Chu, She's a Democrat from California. She represents California's 27th district. Congresswoman, thank you for joining us. Uh, I mean, what a week. Uh, let's go over what Americans should be doing this weekend, which is what? Staying home, being socially distant, not going outside unless they need to, and working from home, correct? That is right. And, uh, in fact, we in California just got a stay-at-home order. So businesses that are not doing essential business have to shut down, but also everybody uh, must stay at home. Uh, They can go out to shop for groceries, to the pharmacy, do their laundry, take out money from banks. They can actually also go out for walks, uh, but it's important for them to maintain a six-foot distance when they do so. 
So, yes, it's official here for 40 million people in this state. Congresswoman, you know, I want to ask you this question, and I mean it in all seriousness. Some people are freaked out by this. You know, they're hearing on the news, shelter in place. They're they're seeing so much volatility in, in the markets. They're worried about their jobs. They're worried about having to put food on the table. Can, 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 but can, should people be scared or should people be vigilant? I have to commend uh, our state and city leaders here because they've been so proactive. I think that if we follow the guidelines that they've offered to us, that um, we should feel that our future uh, will be okay. Uh, We just have to make sure that uh, we know what is being asked of us and why it's being asked, and then just make sure that uh, everybody is indeed safe. I, I really do think that if we follow these uh, these prescriptions, that we will get through this. You know, I like the word that you use there. Congresswoman Judy Chu's on the line. She's a Democrat from California. She said if we follow these prescriptions, she's not using the word restriction. She's saying prescriptions. This is what our federal, our local, and our state government officials have prescribed in order to beat this virus. Congresswoman, you're also a member of the Small Business Committee and Small businesses are incredibly anxious. They are incredibly anxious that this is, I mean, their world has been, it, it's devastating. I mean, it's its real. Can you give me some other, in addition to the economic stimulus that's going to likely pass on Monday and Tuesday of next week, can you give me some other anecdotes or some other facts about other tools in the arsenal that, that policymakers can deploy to, to help small businesses? Well, I do want to make all the small businesses aware that there is a, a an SBA program um, for COVID virus related cases. Uh, now, COVID virus uh, COVID nineteen is uh, being declared part of a disaster. So, in other words, every small business is eligible to take out a loan up for up to two million dollars at a very very low interest rate to help them get over this process uh, to help keep their businesses alive. So these loans are available right now, but we want to even go further with this, and and we're actually discussing measures that we can take for the third stimulus. So we are watching out for them. I know it's really tough. I know it's especially tough for those who are in the food business, the restaurants, um, uh, the bars, but Congresswoman, it's devastating. I mean, it is. It's devastating. I mean, and it's real. Construction workers, people in the supply chains. I mean, it's so incredibly real, Congresswoman. And I know you know this. And yeah. I don't want to be on a soapbox, but for people listening out there who are feeling so anxious because of the very real economic anxiety that's out there, you're saying where can they go to get information about these loans? So you just go onto the SBA site, and okay. you will find information there. This is this is the top priority. All right. And Congresswoman, you are also the first Chinese American woman ever elected to the House of Representatives. Uh, You know, there's been a lot of talk about the rhetoric around this, and I wanted to give you an opportunity to tell me your thoughts. Well, I am so concerned about the president's usage of the term Chinese virus. Uh, He's doubling down on this term when 
uh, every other leading entity is saying, do not use that term. Use the official term COVID-19 or coronavirus. In fact, the World Health Organization said, do not have a disease associated with a place. And uh, that is because there is too much of a stigma that's associated with it. And Secretary of Health and Human Services, Alex Azar, declared to me in a hearing that he would refrain from doing that because he did not want the stigma. Uh, the head of the CDC, Robert Redfield, also confirmed that he would not use the term. Um, we know that there are consequences if you continue to use its terms. In fact, every time the president uses it, there are more insults dirty looks. There have even been assaults against Asian Americans. One woman who was assaulted on a New York subway simply because she was wearing a face mask. A young boy, age 16, who was beaten by bullies who uh, declared that he had coronavirus, enough so that it put him into the hospital. So there are really serious consequences to this name calling, especially in a time like now where there's so much fear and anxiety. Congresswoman Judy Chu is on the line. She's a Democrat from California. She represents California's 27th district. Have you noticed at all that partisanship has dissipated? Can you give me at least a glimmer of hope that lawmakers on both sides of the aisle are reaching together or working together to provide health relief and to provide economic relief in the midst of this pandemic? Well, I was so encouraged to see... uh, the Senate passed our bill, the second stimulus bill. The two bills that we passed so far are so very, very important, uh, but I especially felt passionate about the second one because this is providing the relief to the workers. It provides for 14 day uh, days worth of sick leave as well as three months of paid family leave because we know that these workers, uh, if they get sick, they have to take that time off. And how are they going to right. be able to make ends meet? Congresswoman, so just... fa- go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. Well, the fact that the Senate did pass it quickly was good. All right. Qu- just speaking of quickly, just from a procedural standpoint, I got this question a lot from, from listeners who have messaged me. Uh, I, how, how are lawmakers actually maintaining following social distancing while also working and being in the Capitol? Uh, can you just give us some protocol in- insight? So um, the stay-at-home orders did not occur, did not start occurring until we left last week. Um, And so uh, now uh, we pretty much implemented total teleworking. Um, uh, We ourselves are staying at home. We are doing virtual uh, meetings. In fact, I had a Facebook Live teletown hall just yesterday. Okay. Uh, but it was very effective because people could call in um, or email their questions to us. Congresswoman, so we're using creative means, so, like the rest of the country. Congresswoman, less than thirty seconds. <laughs> Give me some good news. What happened today that, that 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 gave you gave you hope and gave you optimism? Well, I've been so encouraged by these acts of kindness. Yeah, there was a, a person who set up a, a web page just just to get volunteers uh, and just to get requests from people who needed help. And people volunteered in great numbers. That I was appreciate so great. That. Yeah, you know what? You gotta spread kindness. You gotta share positivity. Congresswoman Judy Chu, Democrat from California, thank you for taking the time. Best of luck this weekend. 
Uh, we're keeping, we're all with you. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent. We're with all, all lawmakers right now. I'm Kevin Cirilli. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. This is Bloomberg Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio. What a week. And honestly, what a week. And let's just all have so much gratitude for all of the medical professionals, everyone who's really on the front lines of this. And, uh, and honestly... Just be proud of yourself for not not what you did professionally, but what you handled this week. I mean, I, I think that we're, we're we're all a little too harder, hard on ourselves. Joining me on the line, good friend of the program, Maddie Duppler, founder of Forward Strategy, senior fellow at the National Taxpayers Union, and former coalitions director for the House Republican Conference. Maddie, thanks for being here. Hey, Kat, thanks for having me. You know, it is Friday. What a week! But I, I was what you and I were, a week. You and I were talking about this offline. I mean, I think so many people, I see them in my social media feeds and, and they're doing all they can with like the workouts and stuff. But I really had a hard time being motivated this week outside of work to, to when, you know what I mean? I mean, it was just so much. I, no, I, think... I know. Kev, you got to take what you need, right? I mean, yes. like if nothing else that we can take away from this experience is like, it's so important to just identify what your needs are in the moment that they're happening. And maybe it's not going and getting a, 90 minute workout in because you're working from home. Maybe it's just like taking a few moments for yourself, but I have been encouraging all my friends to just move a couple minutes out of the day. Yeah. Uh, you know, I work from home like 40% of the time, so I'm kind of useless, but people who aren't used to being home, it's so easy to get stuck at your desk and like not move. So just get up, dance for one song, whatever it is you need to do, a little bit of movement can go a long way. But don't be hard. But you're telling, I needed to hear this, Maddie. I mean, I, I got to be honest. I, I was really hard on myself this week. I was like, oh, Kevin, you're missing your runs. You're missing this. But you know what? I got to take it easy. I got to relax and, and give myself, give all of us. I'm, I'm really proud to see how Washington, D.C. in particular, as well as cities all across this country and rural communities have really come together to support one another. And, uh, you know, I, I, I I, we got to take it easy on ourselves, and we're going to get through this. And and right, is that what I'm hearing? I no, I agree. And you know, so we got through the first week of social distancing here in DC. Really, everything got shut down Friday of last week, so we did it. We can keep doing it. You'll keep learning as this process goes along. You know, we were just FaceTiming with our friends in Kansas City, and they were talking about how people are kind of still trying to figure it out because it hasn't seemed as like exigent there yet. Like the point to take away here is like we'll figure it out. You never know how to figure it out until you're in the throes of it. Like, I'm a new parent, which that's advice people give to me a lot. Like, you don't know how you're going to figure it out until you have to. Yeah. This is kind of the same thing where, like, you know what? Like, you can do it. You can stay home for a little bit longer together. Once we all figure this out together, we're going to be better off. We're going to make it through. Just for Washington, D.C., Mayor Bowser has extended the social distancing period for D.C. until April 27th. She's saying that schools are going to go back on April 27th. It could be extended uh, even further. Uh, and, of course, the first coronavirus death was confirmed in Washington, D.C. Uh, but, you know, all right. I, I, someone, I, I want to ask you, what have you been noticing, Maddie Duppler, in terms of the uh, medicines that are getting approved potentially and vaccinations that are getting that are working the way through and how the government's working to deregulate in order to bring some of these medical treatments more quickly into the market? Well, listen, I think that this is a very important conversation for us to be uh, having. And 
unfortunately, I do feel like we don't have it until we're at a moment of crisis. But the uh, regulations in place right now in order to get approval through the FDA are outrageous. You know, we, we've seen a little bit of a conversation about this over the past two years uh, with the Trump administration, of course, signing into law right to try, which tried to lessen some of those barriers. But we need more of it. You know, like everyone's asking, why is it that we have these kind of these barriers in our supply chains? Why do we have barriers in the regulatory process? All of these things have built up over time so that when you encounter a circumstance like what we have right now with COVID-19, there's absolutely no space in the federal bureaucracy for exigency. And like we're seeing a little bit of that breakdown. I think the Trump administration has done a miraculous job trying to weave through some of that stuff. I mean, some of the healthcare stuff that they have uh, done at the state level is great. Uh, you know, disbanding some certificate of need laws, allowing for some cross-functionality uh, of, of uh, medical professionals over borders. That kind of stuff is just common sense. I hope we retain it past this pandemic because it really does speak to the fact that we have shortages in healthcare in this country. And there are ways that we can eliminate that without endangering patients. Certainly decreasing that regulatory barrier is one of them. All right. So another thing that is going to come to to the forefront on Monday and Tuesday of next week is this economic stimulus bill. Everyone's been talking about the helicopter cash, but talk to me about what what's out there procedurally for small businesses in terms of loans that they can get. What what are what are Democrats mm-hmm. and Republicans saying? If you're a small business right now, you're it's scary. It's it's very scary. So what what can they do? I mean, Where can they go? Yeah. Kev, if you're a small business, but if you're an employee of a small business, it's even scarier, right? Because you don't know what your future looks like. This is why I think it is so important for Washington to concentrate their response in allowing employers to maintain their payrolls. Even if their workers can't come to work, there needs to be a federal backstop that allows uh, uh, businesses to continue to pay their workers. There's that kind of consistency in place because we know, we know why this is happening, right? This isn't like 2008 where like the financial bottom fell out of the economy. We know why this is happening. Once the virus threat has abated a little bit, we need the economy to be able to gear up. And in order to do that, we need people to have jobs to come back to. So I think that there are a number of things in the Senate bill that are very helpful for that. Maintaining cash flow is paramount. So uh, doing a holiday for the payroll tax on the employer side will be helpful. There are also small business loans in there that allow businesses to take on a loan to float their payroll for the next coming month. Uh, and they can uh, use that entire payroll without having to pay that loan back if they don't have any layoffs in the course of uh, the legislation went. And in fact, those sort of measures will have a cascading effect because they create certainty at a time when there is none. So hopefully those measures in the Senate bill are part of the final package and is expected to vote as early as Monday on the uh, proposal. I mean, if they don't vote, Maddie, I hate to interrupt you. If they don't vote on this on Monday, I mean, they are, that is not, uh, give me a Mac. Go ahead. Yeah, so the the conversations right now, the Senate, uh, McConnell, I believe, filed closure right before I got on the phone with you, which means this is moving forward. Remember back in 2008 how uh, Secretary Paulson at the time went to the Capitol and told Pelosi, like, we don't have time. You need to vote on TARP now. And that's that's a moment. Well, and this is the thing. Leader McConnell, if he if he wants something, he gets it done. So, I mean, for him to file cloture, as it's known, and to set up procedurally for this to come to a head, that's a big, big sign. Maddie, we've only got two minutes left, but it, very quickly, in like 30 seconds, give me a macro view. What's the Fed doing? <laughs> what isn't the Fed doing? The Fed has thrown the kitchen sink at this problem. 
every lever they have to pull to increase liquidity, liquidity, they have essentially pulled it, which is exactly what the Fed is supposed to do. Right now, I think we're in good position from a monetary policy standpoint. It all depends on fiscal policy. All right. Any other good news? Give me some good news that you heard today. Well, I can give you good news. I can tell you what I'm doing. I put on a couple old playlists, like a couple years old today. And like those kind of like nostalgic bops really got me through the day. What's the song? Give me a song. What's a song? Oh, I had a little Ben Folds blasting today. Ben Folds, rock in the suburbs. Yeah, that is that is my jam from way back when. Um, wow, it, it, it pumps me up a little bit. I love Ben Folds. You know, I made a playlist as well. I was listen. I'm not. I mean, I had some guilty pleasures on there. But uh, I was just kind of like I, – I do this thing where I make the playlist and I try to make it all motivational. Finally, I was like, yeah, no, I'm going back to Eminem. I'm going back to my to like, to my pop bops. <laughs> Go back to your roots. You know what? We should do a sound on extra this weekend about tax relief and some other millennial economics. You in? I am totally in. We've had a lot of news this week. Let's so do it. much. And I think for, for people under 40, I mean, there's been so much news about the college loans and the tax relief and whatnot. So I'm going to all set that up. We can do it on Instagram or something, okay? Hey, love it. All right. Unplug this weekend, Maddie, and hug your baby for me and tell the husband okay. I said hello. And thank you again for joining us, all right? Yeah. That's Maddie Dupler, everybody. She's the founder of Forward Strategy, senior fellow at the National Taxpayers Union and former coalition's director to the House Republican Conference. Stay positive, stay socially distant, but stay socially engaged. Thank you so much for listening. Reach out to me cross-platform. I'm Kevin Cerulli, chief Washington correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.